Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Good morning, Jenny. How are you? Oh, you know, um, a giant, giant spider tried to eat me this morning. But other than that, I am 100% okay. My throat's a little raw because I scream a lot when there are giant spiders trying to get me. Um, But, you know. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you you survived. I'm doing great. I'm super excited because I got new blinds in my house. Are those the blinds I see behind you? Yes. Yes. They're like um, two and a half inches wide and they're beautiful and they were installed last week. And I'm super excited because we could have a little brightness in the house and love it. Wonderful. I'm so glad for you. That's a really neat thing to have happen. So we want to, first of all, talk about who our sponsors are for the month of May. Absolutely. We've got two great sponsors for patterns. And the one I'm most excited about is Kara Mia Maui, who is sponsoring a free pattern this month. And it's extra exciting because just yesterday or maybe the day before Kara Mia, as we're recording this, announced that the dragon fruit dress was released with no proper plan or anything else. Just here it is in the world. And that is so exciting. Yeah, I know you had a lot to do with that. I, you know, I, so I have complicated feelings around that. I love the dress. I did ask Karamia before I continued sharing it after the decision was made not to release it, whether that was okay. And they said, of of course, go ahead. It's not a problem. And so I continued to share them. But then as people started to comment with, you know, maybe we could all persuade Karamia to do something she doesn't want to do at this time, I started to feel uncomfortable. Like there might be a level of Bullying pressure, which sometimes is called bullying. Yeah, <laughs> getting pushed into it. So I checked in with Karamia a few times to make sure, but I also started not tagging or naming the dress when I would post pictures because I felt kind of uncomfortable about that because I think there are patterns. I have one right now that I was not allowed to share during the testing process. So there's been no conversation about it. Unlike Karamia, who allows sharing during the testing process. This one, um, never ended up being released because it just didn't work across the sizes, which was essentially the problem Karamia was experiencing. Mm-hmm. She did not feel that it worked across all the sizes in the same way. So the look when you would make it as a straight size sewist would be different than if you made it as a curvy sewist. And so anyway, so a little bit complicated in my feelings about it, obviously very complicated for Karamia, but in the end, they decided to go ahead and release it because of the many great versions that had been put out by testers, not just me. My versions, many of them were great. I love them. They're amazing. But there were a lot of other testers who were also sharing those images. So that's super exciting. You don't have to have that pattern for free, but oh my gosh, such a great pattern. So you get your choice of pattern. You get your choice of pattern. And then the other sponsor is Stylark. And we're going to be discussing one of Stylark's new patterns uh, later on in this episode. And uh, it looks like a really good one. It does. I I think Stylark is one of the hidden gem pattern companies. They have so many offerings across so many sizes. So there's a decent range. Not all patterns are all sizes. But once they decided to increase their um, size block, they everything seems to come in that now. There are just some older ones Mostly that haven't that. Been updated. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like I, I just don't hear about them or see them as often as I might expect, except for occasionally when something like the Hope woven dress breaks out as a popular pattern in a very specific yeah. moment. So I'm excited to have one of their patterns on offer. That is probably of the pattern companies out there, one of the most difficult ones to determine what you would get because there are hundreds and hundreds of options. Oh, so many, so many in all different types, not just dresses, there's pants and tops and there's even stuff for kids in there. And yeah, Yeah. it's, it's a really exciting uh, set of offerings for sure. And they are beginning to improve their representation of physical images. Mm -hmm. So previously it's all, I mean, it seems to be primarily models that are known 
like humans they know are in yeah. the pictures or maybe the owners as well. Um, but the most recent release had quite a few images of a larger sized model as well. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, other than your blinds, what have you been up to? Okay. So <laughs> I've still gotten no sewing done, Jenny. It's awful. Today I'm going <laughs> to finish. Um, I started this um, Seamwork Marlowe top and I've made this, uh, I made this top a couple of times. I've had mixed reviews of it because it's real, real low on me, but I've, I've altered it enough. So, um, I, but I do like it and I'm making it out of some, some, some linen. And then um, the, the big exciting news that I have is that I received a package <laughs> from Jenny this week. And now is this the, which, which base is this that you sent me? The one that I don't remember the numbers and letters of. That's helpful. So it's the For one R 22 CB. I mean, the one that's the higher thread count. Okay. This is the 19, but higher thread count. This is the, oh, so this is as heavy as I usually get. It's the heavy you usually get. Okay. Except for that, it should feel finer because it's the same weight, but more thread. More threads. Okay. Okay. So Jenny sent me a package. And in that package, there are two pieces of hand dyed fabric. It's Mm -hmm. with the, um, it's with uh, linen from the fabricstore.com and it's in a weight that is my favorite weight, which is the IL 19, but it is slightly different than my IL 19 because it's, uh, more, more tightly woven. So Mm -hmm. it should make like a finer cloth, right? Um, this is really beautiful. It is blue and green together. Mm -hmm. I don't know what colors you use to dye it, um, because those things tend to break apart, but that it's, um, it's a beautiful, like, uh, really reminds me of the, um, the meta, like the sea when, when we were in Puerto yeah. Rico, it is, it's really, really beautiful. But the other thing is she gave me a scrap of fabric from, um, the dress you made recently. It's the mm-hmm. same, same fabric, I think. Right. But it's, yes, it is. it's the black cherry color or something. You, it's the black cherry. The other yeah. one was called teal blue teal blue and this is black cherry and I'll post pictures on the show notes, but they're absolutely beautiful. And I really think I may do, uh, something where I, I use the, the scrap for, uh, an accent on there, like maybe something, um, I had thought of doing the, um, maybe an Elizabeth Suzanne Georgia tea and I have a picture in the show notes of um, an Instagram user named I am so stern. And uh, I don't think they follow the show or anything. They just post Elizabeth Suzanne things. And so I have them in there, but they have taken the Elizabeth Suzanne Georgia tea and they've taken like a, it's a solid color um, Mm -hmm. top, but they've made like a strip of different colors in there. And I love that look. And I was wondering how that would go with this. I don't know if I need to do like a solid color around it or something. I I don't know. What do you think? I, I actually, when I saw that, I thought I want to try that with one of my, my trilliums where I have a strip that is the solid color. And I think I'd like it to extend all the way to the hem of the skirt, like to do a gathered skirt where it's a wider strip, but it gathers up to the narrower width there. And so I, I have a lot of thoughts yeah, I think it would be really neat. I do like that vertical strip that way. I think it would benefit from being surrounded by a solid. Okay. Um, but, but those are all kind of personal choices. But what's one of the other neat things about this is later on in the show, when we get to our main topic, there's a class coming up that, that would help with this color blocking. Oh, so I just want to mention that. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit as we move forward for sure. Okay. So the oh the one thing I did want to mention real quick is my next plan, which I seem to be slowing down a bit on sewing because I've got a lot of going on. Maybe that's what happens in summertime for me too. I've got to just accept it. But I have been <laughs> following. Um, I, I follow the Crooked Hem, which is a fantastic um, 
Instagram account. And I think, and they also have a blog, but I followed their Instagram account. Um, the person's name is Stacy and she is like a pattern analyst. And sometimes she compares two patterns like a, and you know, and she talks about size range and everything like that, Mm -hmm. but she also talks about, you know, like when she compares pants, she compares the crotch curve, she compares this, and she talks about what these differences are and what, how they show on a body and she'll make two patterns and compare them. Well, right now she's really into the, um, top down center out method of pants fitting. Ruth at Ithaca Maven created this, this method of pants fitting where you, you work from the top, you first fit the waistband and then you fit the center, the, the crotch curve, but you don't change the shape of the crotch curve. You may take out some length in it, but you don't change the shape of it. And you leave the inseam side alone and you change the outseam. Anyway, mm-hmm. I don't really know how to do it yet. I haven't gotten that into it, but, um, Stacy from the crooked hem did that to do the Eve pants, which I have, um, marked in the show notes from Merchant and Mills. They have both size bands available in the Eve pants. That's not a typically normal style for me, but I really like how it looked. And I think like with kind of a crop top, I, I might really enjoy it. And so it's, it's a good start, I think for this method, because it's a straight uh, waistband and not a curved waistband, which maybe is a little bit easier in doing this fit. Since I'm straight through there anyways, it's probably an okay pattern for me. Um, I don't know how, how much I'm going to like it, but for a long time now, I've been wanting to do some pants, um, fitting. So hopefully, hopefully be good. Awesome. That sounds great. It's, it's, kind of funny you would bring that up because that's something I'm working on or planning to work on upcoming as well. The top down center out method. Cool. So, um, we should compare our success with it. With two different shaped bodies. Yeah. Now to be fair, you will probably more properly follow the method. I will have read all the Instagram posts on it and then, you know, go my own way with what I remember. So I would anticipate that you'll have better results. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. You have good intuition about these things and you know your body well too. So. I do know my body well. I basically, so I'll just skip to that right off the bat. One of the things I bought material for when I was out of town um, over Mother's Day weekend was um, to make the Blanca flight suit from Closet Core. And this has been on my list forever. I yes. want a boiler suit flight suit that fits me properly. And I want it because of all those nostalgia re- reasons associated with my dad and his yep. wearing a flight suit and all that junk. And I talk about it all the time, but the thing I don't do is anything at all to make it happen. <laughs> so I think my theory is if I say it enough, People will, will just you buy fabric for it suit. all the time. <laughs> it's true. I have a lot of fabric for it and I own quite a few different patterns for yeah. it as well. Well, in this case, when I was at a Joanne, I was planning to look for Aronica's patterns by Mimi G, which um, don't fit my body. They're not drafted for me, but I, I wanted to see them in the wild. I thought that would be very exciting. They were on sale for $1.99 and I'm definitely willing to weigh, throw away $4.00 to get some patterns that have someone I know and really admire on the cover. Right. But the store I went to is moving and that meant they were not doing the dollar 99 sale. They had none of the spring catalog. (laughs) And so there was, so it was completely pointless except because they were moving, they were doing an extra 50% off of their already red dotted and orange and purple and green dotted stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I went back and looked at it and I found this canvas, this um, upholstery canvas that was a lightweight upholstery canvas that was royal blue with oranges all over it. Which, and they're pretty decent size. They're like not quite life size oranges, but they're not far off. Like they're decent size oranges. And obviously, that's something I would want in my life, whether it became a flight suit or not. But they had enough that I thought I'm going to make a flight suit with however long the legs can be, and okay. I'm going to try and get it fitted right using this method because Lori friend of the podcast, somebody or other's mom basically, (laughs) basically said as kindly and politely as possible, Hey, maybe you should try doing it instead of just assuming it's not going to (laughs) work. That is (laughs) a fair point. It felt fair. It felt like a super duper fair. I felt very seen. Um, So so I decided that was something I was going to do. 
So one thing is we have another friend of the show who is a literal expert in flight suit type things. I mean, that's true. (laughs) I think they might answer a question or two you might have. (laughs) So you're suggesting that it is possible I could reach out to the incomparable Kelly Boom yes. and ask some questions given that they have made 5 million flight suits for different sizes and shaped bodies. Yeah. Yes. I suppose that's a possibility were I to run into an issue here. <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to do it. And basically the biggest issue that I have, which I think, okay, so here's the other part of it. When Lori was describing the top-down center out method to me, which is featured in the most recent Threads magazine, and I have not read it because I just got mad at my magazine and threw it. Um, And so I I just haven't got to reading the article. But when she was describing the method to me, it reminded me of when I made my first pair of noise jeans Uh and had some video conversations with Leela of Mana and Broad about how to fit those jeans to you. Because the way the jeans are built, they have an awful lot of extra side seam allowance Mm -hmm. because you're going to baste, try on, baste again, try on, pinch, baste, pinch, baste until you get it right. Mm -hmm. And in that case, your purpose was very limited ease because you're making rigid denim pants that you want to fit pretty precisely. And, you know, they're going to grow a little bit as you wear them or whatever else. And for the the flight suit, there's more ease intended, but it seems like a similar method. I got the waistband right on the noise jeans. And then I started. Yeah. You well, know. the cool thing too, about the, um, about this method is that you own your twelve that you make for it. It's like a real twelve because you only make one leg. I mean, I like how you say that, but for me, my twelve is going to be a wearable twelve because I'm going to make one leg and then I'm going to duplicate it in the real fabric on the other leg. And then I'm going to have two <laughs> legs. And well, so I mean, we're going to find out how it works. We all know that I'm not going to do this as well as I could, but I'm going to try because I want this to fit. And the, the areas that I've had issues with are that everything I've, I've made, that's a woven jumpsuit previously. If I sit down in it, it really is. I am, you look, you would look at me and think, oh my God, we'll have to cut her out of that. It's, (laughs) and soon because she's going to injure herself. It's, it's very, very tight across the, Mm -hmm. the belly. I have a belly roll that just sits there going, let me out. And so that's a problem. And then my secondary problem has always been, if I need to use the restroom, (laughs) yeah, I have to lift my belly out over the opening, which is not how that's supposed to work. You know what I mean? It's just too tight in that space. Yeah. And I don't even know what really needs to be adjusted to make that not be like that. Yeah. So, so I'm, 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 I'm nervous, honestly, if I could afford to get on Kelly's waiting list and have them make me a flight suit, I would a hundred percent do that. Um, because that seems like a much better way to get this out of my blood, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but But instead I'm going to put the sweat um, and tears into it. I, 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 I bet that Kelly has some ideas for you for solutions because I think they've made this for all different sizes. Well, they have, and they've got a discord space that's available, um, parts of it for free and parts of it for subscribing to their maybe cup of coffee, or I don't remember the names of those things, um, where a lot of people are very generous and sharing their fitting information. So that's another place I may as well go and, and, and look. So that's, that's one of the things. It felt to me like today, everything you talked about really resonated with things I had in my list as well. You were talking about the garment you made with the low top where the, yes. the cut of the, the blouse yeah. is wrong. Well, I love the by hand, uh, by hand London Anna dress, which I've made quite a few of one V two or three with the, the scoop neck. Well, not scoop. It's more jewel, but you know, that one, that neck. And yeah. I've lowered that neck a little bit because it's, it's higher than I want it to be. Uh-huh. Well, I looked at it and I thought, oh, you know, I'd really love to have a V-neck. So I made a madras dress out of the Anna bodice with the uh-huh. V-neck. And I added a very gathered skirt and a tie because I'm yeah. really into That's gathered beautiful. skirts and ties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, that V's too low on me. And I knew from when I'd made it before and I'd just forgotten it. So 
I'm going to have to put a modesty triangle in or something else to make the net come higher because when I'm standing, it looks just fine. When I sit down at the office, everybody knows what I'm wearing. It's uh. there's even if they're not sitting above my desk, which they can do, they come around behind and just, you know, stare at me over my monitors. Even if that's not what's happening, if I'm seated, my bra is very visible. Yeah. And so, and like, not so the good too lie. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've got to fix that. The funny thing was when I saw this, I said, oh, she's got the wrong pattern because it's not a V-neck, but I did, I've forgotten that it has two necks. There's an on. option. Cause I've yeah. only made the, um, I guess it's kind of boat-like. It is, but I make the front about an inch and a half lower, mm -hmm. not very much lower, just a yeah. little bit. Mm -hmm. You're not getting cleavage out of it, but yeah. you're also, it's never going to touch your, your neck in that place that can be yeah. uncomfortable. It kind of sits, it sits fine for me with, with that, but I I know what you mean. That actually might be more comfortable to do that. Cause it kind of scoops. Yeah. And it's not much. I'm scooping yeah. very little out of that neckline. Mm -hmm. I think for most people looking at my versions, you're not like, oh, she really changed that. Instead yeah. it's. It's more subtle. It's like, oh, so her body's shaped a little different than mine because that looks a little lower. Yeah. But no, I actually scooped it. So anyway, I do I do love that one. And it's, of course, it's because of the way that they do the, the gathers, pleats or whatever, right below darts. Mm -hmm. I open darts. It's darts where you don't go all the way up. I don't even know, right yeah. below the, the chest. Yeah. I really like those. I, I like that that fit and shape on it. So um, so that's one of them. And then the the final one is that I did a test for a dress that's just been released. And so we'll talk about that later. That's um, the Unleashed Pattern Company Embrace Dress. Nice. I'm also working on, and I can't talk about these at all. So I'm going to talk about them a little bit. Um, <laughs> pattern test for a designer that's very much a tried and true for me that's doing a significant expansion in sizing. Ooh, cool. Um, well, well beyond me. This will go up to at least a 70 inch hip. And I'm I'm over the moon to be testing for this and I can't wait until um, the expansions are announced and released. It'll be very that's exciting. Awesome. That's fantastic. So, um, so that's kind of what I've, you know, been up to. I've also been dyeing those samples that I mentioned in a previous yeah. podcast, the sample linen pieces, Yeah. but I'm not happy with how they've come out. I didn't plan how to lay out the samples well. And so I'm probably going to end up, I'll take pictures of them all, but I'm going to end up redoing all of them. I have this new plan. So there's a video that I've shared several times on my Instagram stories of someone who has a bar like made out of wood with a little bit of um, uh, screening between it, but it's it's a very narrow channel of screen. Mm -hmm. And they somehow affix the fabric across this and put ice on it and then put dye on top of it. And it it wicks down as it melts. Oh. So it would be good for maybe a yard at a time, right? Uh -huh. And so I love that concept, but it doesn't work for the clothing I would want to make for myself. Mm -hmm. But I thought, could I take that principle and apply it to doing dye samples? Could mm -hmm. I take red solo cups, for example, and cut a hole in the bottom and, and have my, my, um, my tube of fabric, you know how I do them where I do concentric mm -hmm. circles. And mm -hmm, so it's a square mm -hmm. where you just pop up in the middle, like a ghost. When you were mm -hmm. a kid, you make a ghost out of handkerchiefs, have that come up through the little hole, mm -hmm. fill that with ice and put the, the dye on top of it and have it wick the colors down. Oh, that'd be interesting. I'm, I'm interested in finding out if I can do that. Cause I think I could, and I think it would be interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I, and I'd fill the cup with the ice and so I'd have plenty of ice for it. So I've got some thoughts on how I may do my next set of samples, but I do have about 20 of them that I've got to rinse today if I have the psychic energy for it and, uh, <laughs> and, and get documented. So that was exciting as well. That's cool. Okay. We have a few new patterns to talk about. And this first one I'm really happy about, um, the first one I want to talk about is an upgraded pattern from Tilly and the Buttons. It's the Coco Top and Dress, and it is now available in sizes up to 60, 53, 61, and it is an A-line knit dress. It has kind of a quirky 60s look, and what it was one of the first things I made when I started sewing, which is funny because it's kind of built for somebody with hips, um, but I, uh, I loved it. It's very simple, and it has two different necklines to choose from either like a boat neck or a funnel neck. And, um, it mm -hmm. is 
it is a very easy to make. Um, they say it's for confident beginners. I say it's for beginners. It's a, it's a very simple, it is made with knit, but stable knit. Um, very little stress stretch in that. Um, it is the full size range is available as a PDF or a paper pattern. And I always appreciate when, when, uh, the company also extends the sizing to the paper patterns. Um, anyways, I'm really excited that, uh, this pattern has been made in the full size range because then I can make and post it again. What I like about it as well is that that quirky 60s look puts it in that category of vintage patterns that became now accessible to people up to at least a, a 60, 53, 61, which is, yes. is really wonderful. Um, I kept seeing this one suddenly appear all over Instagram and I was like, is this, I mean, is it a brand new pattern? What's happened here? And I, I had tracked it down as well because that, that funnel neck, on it is intriguing to me, but I, I love the idea of being able to do some of those A-line 60 stable knit pattern looks, adding a Peter Pan collar and mm. like the large buttons, three buttons down the center mm. front that have no opening associated with them, but are <laughs> part of part of a look from the time, adding rickrack as trim and, and other things that would be, you know, very much um, a, a Twiggy-esque look. So yeah. that's really, really exciting. The next one I sent to you, but you had already found for yourself. That's the poppy top by pattern scout. And I looked at this top and I thought, oh man, if there was ever a top that I think Beverly would make. Yeah. And I don't know if I was really right, right. But to me, it looks a lot like something you'd enjoy in um, a floaty fabric. I would imagine this would be really good in the aisle 20, the handkerchief weight. And yeah. if you don't buy the sheer color, yeah. you, you would find that you actually could wear it without anything underneath it. But in the sheer, it would be great too. So let's describe this. This is a uh, raglan uh, sleeved peasant style blouse. Uh, it has three quarter length bishop sleeves. It has a ruffle collar, which reminds me of the uh, wilder gown collar. It yeah, looks like, it does. I yeah. agree. And it has, it's supposed to be oversized and it's perfect for light, airy fabrics with the fluid drape. The picture that I have in the show notes is of a, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Swiss Dobby with, with the yeah. little, yeah. And it's, but it's sheer and they've got it over a camisole, but clearly you could make it in something solid as well. It looked, it does look like something I'd wear. So with, if you eliminated the ruffle on the collar, if the ruffle wasn't part of it, Mm -hmm. this, this dress, uh, this shirt, rather I had in a plain white, um, linen, no cotton voile mm -hmm. in college that I loved to death. I got a stain on it. You'd be so proud of this. I got a stain on it. So I just started embroidering around it, flowers ah, and paisleys and other things. And then I carried it through so that it would look intentional. Very and it was, nice. it was something that I wore every time it was clean. It, as soon as I got it out of the laundry, it was back on my body. It was yeah. the sort of thing where I would definitely wash it on purpose just to wear it because it was so comfortable and so cool in that lightweight fabric yeah. as well. It was, it was a winner and it's one I think I'll make because I it think, just reminds me so much of that. Yeah. I think that's really nice. I think, um, I think a cotton voile would be really nice with this one. I think yeah. Really I can also picture it in the Liberty of London, um, Tanalons that you and I both just purchased Whoa, some of, I think that yes. weight of fabric and drape of fabric would be really nice in this. That would be so, I think um, I'll, the I'll, next I'll, one, I'll try it first with, with something a little bit less spendy and then maybe try I, mean, it. <laughs> I can understand that. Um, the next one we had up was so liberated studio tunic, which is a hundred percent. Not for me. It's just not my style of thing. I'd have to wear something under it. I barely like wearing a bra and underwear. So putting on a shirt or a dress under it is just not going to happen. I, it just, it isn't right for me, but at the same time, it feels like it would save my clothing if I had something like this when I go out and die. Yes. So this, this is, no, okay. you describe it. You're better at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The studio tunic is a pinafore style tunic that they say takes layering to a whole new level. So there's lots of photos of people who have 
uh, yarn in their pockets and are knitting. And I think I have some friends, you know, uh, uh, we'll talk about later, actually, a knitting event I recently went to and we knit as we walk. And so to have something with you, you could just have that in your pocket. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's very good. Uh, I can imagine it for um, gardening um, or for anything where you're, you know, you're taking tools with you or you're taking, um, you know, foraging kind of things. I think that would be a, uh, a nice thing. Uh, the, the line drawings of it show it, it it's pretty simple. It has this, this huge pockets on the front, which is nice. And it looks like a center front and a center back seam. Uh, it does because of the depth of the, the armholes it does look like you need to wear something underneath unless you know, that doesn't bother you. Um, but, uh, I, I think it's a pretty cool, uh, apron type top. It's not something I'd, I'd wear if I was like, I, I would wear it for a purpose. Like if I, I mean, I wouldn't just wear it to work. I don't think. Right. It's, I mean, and I do, I do like that. It looks like there are versions in linen for sure. It, it feels like that kind of a thing. I can't imagine my younger daughter who forages wearing something like that. I work at a, I work at a business that has a farm location and um, I immediately thought, Oh, I wonder if I could make one, (laughs) make one for people to use at the farm. And of course you can't make one, you'd have to make a bunch of sizes and whatever, but I, I can see its usefulness there for sure. Um. Yeah. Okay. The next one we have is what I mentioned earlier, uh, hinted about from Style Arc is the new Millicent wrap dress. And this dress is really lovely. It reminds me of if the Bellamite dress was to become a wrap dress. There's something about the shape of it that kind of reminds me of that. It's, um, it's got, uh, a very help me describe this, please. So it's it's got well, it's a wrap and it's a true wrap with a three uh, three quarter circle skirt, which is full but not super full, not ridiculously full. The sleeves are um, set in, look like they're set in at the top. They're eased in. There's no gathering, but they are full and end in a band. It looks like, but it looks like it's a to, lantern as well. Like well, you yeah, see it's that definitely. Thing? Yeah, I do understand that. I think it does come in, but it isn't gathered or not heavily gathered at the band. Right. So if it is gathered, it's not heavily gathered, which means it's going to be faced or have a band. And I'm not sure which one there. No, it's, it's a, a lantern. Oh, you're right. It does say lantern or an elasticized. You've got another option, but okay, a lantern sleeve. So it's going to be faced not a typically on a lantern. Okay. You're not always going to have a band there. Um. And then the back bodice has some tuck details that I don't have an image of, but it's, to me, it, it, it feels like, well, first off, it's another dress that's just meant for linen. Um, I just yeah. look at it and I immediately think, oh, that's obviously going to be made in linen. Yeah. Now, of course you could make it in any of a number of woven fabrics, but for some reason it's got that look and feel. Yes. Um, it looks like it would be a really comfortable thing to wear, but it would, it, the sleeves elevate it. It puts it in a place where there's a, there's like a, a stylishness to it yes. that is not always, not always present. Not every garment needs to have that much of a statement. This is a statement. Those sleeves yeah. are a statement. So I'm, I'm excited by it. I do. The cautions I'd have is that I'm, I'm reasonably certain that style art designs for people taller than me. So if mm-hmm. you are an average height female or an average height, whoever, I guess, wearing this, um, you're probably going to have to cut it down either the length of the skirt the length of the bodice or both. And that, of course, for me with style arc always makes me nervous about any pockets they may have included because, because I need much longer arms than I have to, to get my hands into style arc pockets without moving them. Yes. Yeah, like um, usual, you'll have to, you'll have to measure where, where things hit you yeah. and, and stuff like that. But, um, <laughs> I think, I think they do, I, I have better luck with their patterns because I'm taller. Um, yep. but I do like this kind of thing where there's a, 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 statement sleeve but it's not a statement shoulder <laughs> yeah no it's it's set in not gathered and yeah. um and i i agree with you i think there's something to be said for that obviously i also like a statement shoulder but but it doesn't have to be a statement shoulder what i like is is those little details that make it not look like everything else right, right? where there's there's a thing they've changed that's being emphasized 
Um, the next one I'd like to talk about is the embrace dress, which I mentioned above that I have sewn. Um, I was part of the tester group for this. This is a knit dress with a number of options. You can do a crossover bodice or a non-crossing bodice, so just a bodice, with a high scoop neck. And there are three different sleeves. There's sort of a waterfall and then a flutter. And then there are two skirts, which are really pencil and pencil with flutter. So, so it's the same base shape. But on one of them, you've got a fluttery piece that goes down on off center to the side and on one of the front sides. And the thing that's so exciting about this, this is unleashed patterns and it goes up to an 84 inch hip. Wow. Which is a fairly extensive size range. I um, think that's a I'm, very extensive size range. Yes. I made mine the straight size 26 um, from top to bottom. So I did not grade out, even though my hips would have been several sizes above the size of my, my chest. I went for a more form-fitting one. You can see I've got pictures. Well, there are pictures of mine on the Unleashed Patterns website, but my pictures also very clearly show that it is form-fitting around my butt and my hips and my belly roll and all those things. You're going to see all those things. Um, I did mine out of a double-brushed um, poly weight mm. item. I'm not sure if it's a double-brushed poly or like a cotton poly jersey or you know but it's it's that kind of weight and clinginess it's that yeah very very thin show everything weight yeah um and it's it it fits beautifully it's comfortable to wear it goes on and off like like a dream i like where the flounce falls on me in this size it's over about two-thirds of the way over from the center of my body a third of the way in from the side of my body as viewed from the front yeah when we were doing the test the flutter fell about two inches from the side seam which on my body means it was on the side seam there's no you know <laughs> what I mean? two, two inches you're it, it's visually it's on the side because yeah. you don't even wrap around to the front of my body in two inches um they the designer made some changes to that in the final version, but that also means that if you're a size six and you're wearing it, it's probably going straight across your navel. So you've got to make choices. And there are lots of pictures of them going as a center flutter and people like it. So there's okay. nothing wrong with that. Just as you're doing it, you'd want to think about, do you want to move where that, where that is? And right. for me, if they had kept the original placement, which put it on the, on the side for smaller sewists, I would have personally moved it over by mm -hmm. a number of inches because I needed it to be um, needed it to be somewhere else. It's it's cute. Um, they described it as a as a retro retro look for me. I agree in the sense that I think a flutter front on a skirt is is a little bit retro. It's not right of the moment necessarily right now, um, but otherwise it's it just feels like a fairly basic pencil skirted you know, thing yeah. just with more options for sleeves and other stuff. I, I like it. I'm going to end up making it again. You're supposed to make this out of something with significant stretch. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to, my next one's going to be out of a French Terry, which oh. is not renowned for its stretch. So um, I'm interested to see what happens there. Well, I was actually because... thinking, yeah, that that <laughs> may be an interesting dress in a more stable knit as well. Like yeah. the look may be a very professional really with a there more stable are... Yeah, there are definitely um, examples of it in a stable knit. I will note that the one I made it out of is a red with white polka dots. And there were so many people who did this out of a red and white polka dot fabric. Oh, I and I, I think it's because, and for me, I did it because I thought it highlighted the retroness of the pattern, yeah. right? Is that's a that combination takes you to a different time period. And so I, sure. I had done it and there were a number of other people did too, which I, I thought was super cute. I'm probably going to try one with a crossover bodice at some point, even though that's not typically my thing. Um, but to give, uh, yeah. So that's anyway, I loved this one. I thought it was a lot of fun. I will be making more. Yeah. That's pretty much what I've got on that. Awesome. And then the final one, we've already talked about a little bit. It's the dragon fruit dress, which, which if you have not heard of, I feel like you haven't paid attention in the last several months to us talking about how many of them I've made. Yes. So, so the dragon is... fruit dress um, is <laughs> um, now, does it come as a top version too, or is it just a dress? I honestly don't know, but I've made many top versions by just making the skirt shorter or not putting one on at all. So. Okay. 
Okay. So, um, so does it come to your natural waist, um, before you put this? It's above the natural waist. So when you make it, it's above natural waist, it's intended to be a loose fitting dress. Okay. And it has a skirt that is a above the knee skirt as drafted by Karamia, but Karamia Maui does, I think gives you pattern pieces for cutting out the skirt, but she herself just cuts the skirt the length she wants it to be. And I I, you know what I mean? It's, and I personally have always used with the fabric mm-hmm. times two or times three to make my skirts times two. If my fabric is 53 inches or bigger times three, if it's smaller than that, because okay. I'm going for a very gathered look. So if you're looking at mine, if mine were as it was for many people an inspiration to want this pattern, know that I'm building in a lot of extra fullness because that's what I want out mm-hmm. of my skirt on this. Um, the bodice comes down to a couple inches above natural waist, maybe three. I don't know. It's, it's short waisted for sure. Okay. And it is made in a, in, in a kind of unique way. Um, so you're cutting left and right side of your body, not left, right, front, back, left, right. Yeah. You know, it's not four pieces. It's two pieces you're sewing together. The front does have darts. They do have a small, um, less curvy, um, pattern version and a more curvy pattern version for this. Um, the front facing is done, um, done uniquely or differently. If you put a ruffle on the front or don't, cause this can have a ruffle that runs from the center front all the way to the back where the back meets in a V in mm-hmm. a, a V shape sort of. And the ruffle ends at that V. It doesn't go all the way down to the back waistline. There's another five, six inches between between the, the ruffle ending and where your waist is in the back. It does not come with sleeves though. Many of the versions I've made have sleeves. I've had success with borrowing sleeves from the Montrose, from the new Alton by Cashmeret, from Sagebrush by Friday Pattern Company, and, um, from the, uh, Trillium sleeve expansion pack by made by Ray. Those are places I've pulled sleeves from. I've also made sleeves up out of my own head because it's, it's a, very, very standard armhole at my size. I make the size 24, just a side note there. So the, the size that I choose for my, um, 45 high chest, 50 chest measurement, I choose the size 24 and the skirt is free because I make it, it's above waist length. As long as it covers my waist, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, that one finishes at about a 54, 55 inch width for me. Okay. So that's, that's where I'm getting that from. Um, it is, it is cute as pie. I really like it. And I do plan to add a Gilmore skirt to it at some point, because I think it would be great with a circle skirt. Um, I've, I've had a lot of fun with this one. Fantastic. I plan to make that, um, that one as well. Very soon. I think that's amazing. Okay. So we kind of wanted to have a little discussion about sewing events or other crafty events where you go away for the weekend or longer to sew, knit, et cetera. And maybe even some, some shorter ones like a frocktails event where you just go for the night. And I know that you're going to one soon. So why don't you talk about that? Absolutely. I am going to Top Stitch Atlanta's June retreat. Now, this one is already sold out as we're recording this. Um, to give some context to costing, it was $1,800. That's their price for an individual queen bed cabin, which does not have air conditioning, but does have a fan. It's in the mountains in Georgia in early June. So there's, you know, there's choices to be made there. But the typical temperatures at that time at night would be in the 50s. So I felt like there's a chance I won't die. If I do, I, I apologize. Um, but, but it seems, it seemed like it was at least okay. They did also have cabins that had five that would sleep five. Mm-hmm. And I had the impression that those might have air conditioning. Cause I mentioned my concerns about melting and was told there might be some other options if it turned out I was melting. Um, <laughs> And those were less expensive. And of course, if you're a member of Top Stitch Atlanta, there's also a further discount. I want to say it was a $300 discount. Um, The schedule looks really great to me. Now, this is one where you also had an option of adding a class on making blue jeans, which I did not add. And it's mostly because I've, I've been there, done that. And I 
didn't want to spend five hours, 15 hours total, five hours a day, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday working on blue jeans. So instead I'm going to bring my own machine or machines and I'll set up and do my own thing in the the main sewing area that they have for folks to be able to do that. Okay. Before Um, we go on, I just want to ask, okay, so this is the, you described the price, but how, how long is the full weekend? Like, uh, I apologize. This runs from Wednesday through Sunday. So you arrive on Wednesday evening. So okay. there's no classes Wednesday evening. Okay. There's four nights, five days. Okay. okay. Um, and then Sunday you would, you would pack and check out around 10 AM. Okay. Um, so the basic schedule is on Wednesday, you'd arrive, you greet and collect your goodie bag, which of course I'm very excited about. Yes. I always love a goodie bag. And then they're providing dinner most nights, but not every night. And I've left things like the meals off of the schedule. And then they're doing a s'mores at the fire pit. There is a pool and there is a hot tub that, um, that are specifically called out on Thursday night, but I'm, I'm assuming I have access to those all the time. Um, also <laughs> a thing that really appeals to me. Um, though I assume it's not clothing optional in this scenario. Um, Thursday, there's a skills demo um, for an hour on finishing seams. And then the the jeans class are free sew. And then in the afternoon, there's a nature walk. And then in the evening, there's a night swim hot tub time. And of course, there's socializing time and other breaks. There's a break for socializing or reading and things like that built into this as well. On Friday, the morning skills demo is zipper skills, followed by the jeans workshop or free sew. And then the evening, uh, the afternoon, there's a natural dyeing demo, um, which I'm definitely going to go to. And it says it's part one. So there's part two the following day. Okay. Right. And so I'm excited about that. On Saturday, there's a skills demo on pressing skills, which I assume involves an iron, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to look. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and then more natural dyeing. And then that night, Saturday night, there's an underwear making party. And then there's more hot tub and pool time. And then on Sunday, it's breakfast, pack and say goodbye and you know, explore nearby or go home. I'm likely to go home because I'll be missing my husband by then. I would think uh, so, yeah. <laughs> And there's one evening where you're free to go and wander and do your thing. And I'm probably going to see how far it is from there to my, my favorite fabric shop, Fine Fabrics um, USA in uh, Norcross and see whether or not I've got time to get there before they close. If not, um, I may do that on Sunday before I head home. Um, So I'm really excited about it. It's fairly expensive. You and I have looked at other retreat options that are in that, you know, $1,500 to $2,000 sort of range, which is not uncommon for about a week. So five days, four nights yeah. of something like this. I'm interested to see what it's like. I'm I'm a lot shyer than the podcast probably gives out. And so I'm I'm a little nervous about going. Oh, I think you'll I got be fine. I literally got the queen room because I was I was nervous about staying with people that I didn't know and whether or not well, that's it would good feel like Girl Scout some, camp when I was 12. <laughs> you'll have time at night to, you know, have some time to yourself. Um, but I know you'll, you'll do great. I think folks will be happy to meet you there. And I think you'll, I think you'll have a great time doing that. And I've got my little business cards. Did I show you my business cards? No. Okay. So they have an illustration of me on the front. Yes. And then on the back. Oh, look got- at that the punk frockers and my hashtag for cute, but off-putting and, Very nice. um, and it's got, yeah, my Gmail address and my, anyway, all that stuff. So I have little business cards. That's cool. <laughs> okay. So the next type of event, um, is, uh, maybe a, a shorter event, maybe less expensive. Yeah. So another one that I'm participating in, <laughs> is also through Top Stitch Atlanta. And that's because I'm in the Atlanta area. So I just want to make the note that I've highlighted some things that I have access to. Mm -hmm. There are things of this sort all over the place. But in this case, this one's available to anyone. This is June 4th and 5th online and the tickets are $149. Now, the first day that they released them, they were discounted to $129. I don't know if there's a discount for being a membership of uh, member of Top Stitch Atlanta. I got them during the, the first day of release. And this is called Color weekend with Katie Cortman. And it is going to include with it the Wear Happy Color ebook that Katie Cortman has done and 
her Wear Happy Color course. That's a $67 value. So a significant part of it, You, if those are things you wanted to own anyway, that's already being paid for there. Um, and it is also including the stop, Top Stitch Essential Shirt Pattern, which is, I believe, a knit t-shirt pattern, but I, I may be wrong about about that. Um, these are going to have live sessions and recorded sessions. And I literally signed up entirely for the how to paint fabric session. Okay, <laughs> That's going to be a live set. Maybe I missed this and I'll, I'll edit this if, if I missed it. Is this no, no. an in-person thing or online? It is online only. This okay. is available to anyone who wants to attend it. It is hundred percent online. Okay. So and people could still sign up for this maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. This is, this should be, and, and I imagine it will sell out there. I'll hit a point where they're probably like, that's all the people we can take for this. But at the moment it, it still has tickets available. Okay. Um, and the weekend is going to include four live sessions. So there's fabric painting workshop to hand paint your own fabric design, a sleeve hacking, hacking workshop to learn how to hack a sleeve in three different ways, drafting collars workshop, like Katie's great collars that she wears mm-hmm, all the time. Mm-hmm. And then a live Q&A to ask about Project Runway. So those are the four live sessions. Nice. And they've already sent a materials list, but they'll continue to send that, I'm, I'm sure, as you're, as we're approaching it, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have five video demonstrations that are exclusive to this event. So one of them is on creating your own buttons from scratch. One is jazzing up existing buttons with painted details. Another is learning to use embroidery to add details to pockets and collars. And, um, and then there's one on adding trim to a piece and how to make your own trim, which is intriguing to me. And finally, color blocking a pattern. So sort of like what you're talking about doing with the Elizabeth Suzanne, there's a session on creating a color block for a pattern, which might, I hope, would more address sort of the color block in your example one where they've clearly made a strip out of other smaller strips yeah. of fabric to, to create something. So I, for me, because I'm, I'm so intrigued by all the different kind of hacking and color oriented things in this, mm-hmm. and I've wanted to get the ebook and the course, this is really perfect because it's not much more expensive to add all these other potential resources and the painting workshop being live. I'm going to set up with my, pardon me, with my iPad out on my table in my front garden and have my fabric and my paints ready to go so that I can be sitting and doing that. And of course, if it's raining, I'll have an indoor plan, but my outdoor plan is that. And that's online from June 4th to 5th. That's great. So the next one that we have to talk about is a much less expensive. Yes. This one's super affordable. Yes. (laughs) So this is the sewing weekender. And I'm involved in this one. I have a free ticket to it. The tickets are $25 US, 18 about. They're 18.5 pounds. It's okay. run by people in England. And it is online only. And it is Saturday to Sunday, May 21st to 22nd. And they reached out to me, um, the organizers, a few months ago to ask if I'd be interested in recording a video for this. And I did. And that'll wow. happen on May 22nd. That'll be played. But the, there's so many different things going on, and they're going to have an online space for the participants to interact outside of the classes as well. I don't 100% understand it, but if you look up the Sewing Weekender, just that topic on YouTube, you'll find some videos and other things from prior years and a video advertisement for this year. We've also included a link to the website. And one so, thing that listeners should know is that this um, episode will air on Tuesday, the 17th. Yep. And the weekender is May 21st and 21st, 22nd. So 22nd. It, if you are listening to this right when this comes out, you'll only have a few days to, to get signed up for this. Absolutely. And I don't know how much content may be made available in different ways later, but my guess is not a lot that this Mm -hmm. is, this is a thing for this, but they do do this annually. So if you, if you catch this after the window, know that there's an opportunity for next year, maybe follow them on Instagram or YouTube or wherever else to learn more about it. I've also been posting about it um, in my stories, um, recently. So you've got Jenny from Cashmere sharing some fitting tips. You've got 
um, Juliet Uzor sharing statement pockets, DIY Daisy, who I've made some of uh, their oh, dresses. Yeah, yeah there's going to be a DIY skirt tutorial. There's some information on zippers. Jerry from Jerry and Stitches is going to show you how to do marble dyeing. And this nice. is the form of marble dyeing where you use shaving cream, put the dye on it and create the design and oh, then nice. lay the garment on it. Oh, And so I'm excited to see that. She's already showing some um, snippet videos on her Instagram page, Jerry from Jerry and Stitches. And there's, there's a bunch more like there's a making of a magazine, which I'm really interested in. Fiber Mood is going to talk about what it takes to put together a sewing magazine. Wow. Right? Which seems super exciting to me. Um, and then there are chatty videos from people that you probably already follow or have heard of. Sewn by Ellie is one of them. Um, your Sarah Kay, Michelle Sews is another example. Sunday, they're going to have a trouser fit um, class. And um, then they're going to have a class that talks about how to put your design ideas down on paper and how that can make it easier for you to do what it is you want to do. Um, Purple Sewing Cloud is doing a quilting tutorial for jackets. Um, Alexis from Fiber and Cloth Studio is adding, doing a class on adding home embro uh, embroidery to your next make, which is really interesting to me because Alexis from Fiber and Cloth is also really championing, championing lately actual hand sewing of garments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm really excited to, to hear what she has to share about that. Um, Mona and Broad is, uh, Jess from Mona and Broad is going to talk about when you, when you have a sewing win, how you can use that to plan future makes, right? Which seems like a really interesting, interesting one to me. And then Charlotte from Charlotte Emma Patterns is going to teach you how to cut out a baseball cap. And there's a downloadable wow. pattern for that. This so, sounds like a um, lot then, of content for $25. It really is. I, I think it's an amazing amount of content. And I'm I'm really excited to participate in this one. Um, it's uh, when it came in, I, I was hesitant because recording a video to share <laughs> seems really daunting to me. It's only, you know, five to 10 minutes long, but it's a Are really, really daunting me? to me. You share I am videos not all kidding. the time. I am not kidding in any way because this is, it wasn't live. It's not like, it was like I had to have an, an edited, a thing that was like a cohesive, cohesive set of thoughts. And I don't okay. know that I even succeeded, but I, I was really excited to do it. And, um, and it's my birthday weekend. And so, so it's extra fun, right? Yeah, so right. anyway, I'm very excited about this. They put together a lot of really interesting topics. So there should be something for just about everyone. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll, you know, get to hear some people are there get knowledge that people are there. That'll be really exciting. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to mention was, um, the DC frock tales was last night, actually, as we're recording this, I was scheduled to go to this, but couldn't end up making it. And I think these events are good for folks that would like to get together with other sewists um, in not so at the event. Um, just go there in something that they've made. Uh, lately, this may be people's only opportunity to wear something <laughs> fancy. Um, but you go there, there's there's dancing, there's music, there's prizes, and you get to, to meet up with lots of other sewists. I think the DC Frocktails had some, uh, you know, free drinks for a while there and stuff like that. So I think that I've seen some pictures. It looks like it was a great time. I'm sorry I missed it, um, but uh, maybe next year. And I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. The Frocktails event here in Asheville is how I returned to sewing. That's right, and so that's right. It's, I had not been sewing for years and my daughter felt like I would about it, that she wanted to go. Yeah. She didn't really want to go by herself and it felt daunting or whatever. And I, I showed up with her and, and found a community that made me think that I could be a part of sewing again and not just feel bad about myself the whole time. And it yeah. was true. So I, I think that's true. I think it's a really neat, low, low commitment access point to local sewists, but sewing in general. Yeah. So maybe next year we'll know in time that I can plan to come to DC Frocktails. That would be you. awesome. <laughs> that would be great. So the next one I want to talk about, um, I don't think that sewing has an equivalent of this, but I wanted to mention it just as an idea to put out there. Um, I went to, last weekend I went to, um, 
Maryland Sheep and Wool, which is this huge festival. It has lots of different, um, mostly like hand dyed wool, um, which is, you know, uh, beautiful and wonderful. And there's all sorts of other events that are nearby that we kind of went to as well. Went with a group of friends. Um, I wish sewing had a similar thing. I know it would be different because yarn is already bundled in what? Why are you looking? Sewing does have a similar thing. Oh, they do? What? Yeah. (laughs) So it's, they're usually marketed as quilting shows and they'll often have quilts displayed But the marketplace area often has sewing patterns, high quality quilting fabrics, but also high quality fabrics from other locations. My first exposure to Nani Iro, my first exposure to Japanese fabrics, all came from large quilting events. And my first exposure to Made by Ray's Trillium Dress, which had a different name at that time, was through a vendor at a yarn festival who also sold fabric. So that's very interesting. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you about this thing that I, first of all, thank you for telling me that. And I'll have to be on the lookout for these things. And if, uh, if our listeners know of any of these types of events on the East coast and want to let me know about it, um, I'd be really excited to, to do that. Yes. I would love to go to some yes. of these too. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds <laughs> fantastic. Right. Anyway, these festivals are a great opportunity to go see um, lots of beautiful um, products that you may want to purchase, and you get to be around people who um, who like these things also. But you don't have to actually talk to them. You know, you can just go with your friends. And well, and for me, for that, it's the thing where I don't have to talk to them, but I may be at a button booth and I'm like, oh, yeah, these are awesome. And we'll talk for three seconds and then we can just never have anything to do with each other again. And that's okay. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. It's a lovely, <laughs> lovely thing. I went, um, and I'm just going to say this because um, this is a group of people I've known for a while. And actually, I met them in 2007. I used to do scrapbooking, and um, it's a similar kind of event. We went for a weekend in Detroit, and I met them them all there, and we've known each other ever since. So um, that's a that's another option. That's really neat. So the other thing I wanted to bring up is that. I made my own fun when in February I came to visit you. That's true. Because I had an idea that I wanted to travel. I went to a class. I planned to stay overnight. And this is something I'd planned to do, even if you and I hadn't had an event where we wanted to meet each other. Yep. I I enjoy going to another city and looking at all the different kinds of fabrics that they have or notion stores that they have and things like that and seeing if there's anybody who'd like to have lunch. Because lunch is the perfect, you know, way to meet and greet someone because it's over in an hour. Yeah. And, and so there's, it's low commitment, but you also, if you set up shopping or other things. And so, so for me, when I went to the Raleigh Durham area, I've already got your itinerary for you. You want to go to Mulberry Silks. You want to hit Freeman's Creative. You want to go to Craft Habit Raleigh. And then you want to eat probably when you're at Mulberry Silks because the Carborough Mill that that's in has several adorable little dining areas. And so why not do that? But you could pick any place. Just honestly, open up Yelp and look for something local and, and grab that and go to do that. I put out the word that I was going on Instagram and I reached out to so as I also knew in the area to see who wanted to come by and chat. And it was really nice. And I might do it in a more organized fashion the next time I do it, where I'm like, here are the eight people I know in the area. Let me see which of them are available and on which day and, you know, set something up more like that. But it was, it was a lot of fun and it was low stress for me. And then I thought you can really, you can take that out and do it anywhere, right? You can pick any area with shops in an available space, um, Pittsburgh, like we did, or New York or Los Angeles, Atlanta. We all have. Where did we go? Ah, shit. I got it backwards. I wrote Philadelphia the first time. (laughs) You should leave that in though, because I'm not very bright. Because I had a Philly. I didn't have a pity, whatever that would be. Anyway, um, (laughs) but Philadelphia, New York, Los Angeles and Atlanta all have garment districts, but lots of other smaller spaces do too. It's not like just these bigger cities have Mm -hmm. those things. There are places you can go for that. 
Um, and then the other option would be like, I, I had a class at Craft Habit Raleigh. If you're going to an out-of-town class, bring a friend along. Grab a sewist you know locally and be like, hey, let's split a hotel and go to this thing. That's a super way to do it. Pretty low key. Might get to know your local sewist a little bit better if it's not someone you're already like bestie besties with. Um, but it makes it more fun. And a class is always fun. And I actually have people from that class that I'm still in contact with as well. So now I've got awesome. extra people I might run into the next time I'm in the Raleigh, Carborough, Durham area. And then one way to try and connect to local sewists where you don't know anybody where you're going. Like when I go to Atlanta, I now know people. But the first times I was going to Atlanta, I didn't know any sewists in the area. I would tag my plans with the tags used in that area. And you can find those just by accident. Like type in Atlanta sews and see what comes up. And then when you go to that post, find out what other tags are being used. So you can tag your things saying that's what you're doing. You can reach out to community members that you've noticed already exist in those spaces. And that's one where you want to be careful about it. You want to be respectful, look at whether or not the way that they communicate with people seems like they'd be up to it. You could comment on something where they're like at a local store and say, oh yeah, I'm going to be there in two weeks and wait and see if they reach out to you. And things like that, because you don't want to pressure someone, make someone feel uncomfortable about it. You can gather your local sewists and plan a road trip around it. And of course, you can just introduce yourself when you're sewing and ask if anyone wants to step down and have coffee or lunch with you. Oh, sure. Done. Oh, sure. I mean, it's not for everybody, <laughs> but it's a thing I would 100% do. Hey, I'm just going to I'm just going to go sit and take a take a load off for a minute. You want to join me? And you get an opportunity to sit and chat. So I, I think there's a lot of options for ways to try and make it into a thing. Yes. Well, I think that we have given out ways for both our extroverted listeners and our introverted listeners to do something to make (laughs) themselves comfortable. This stay at home sewing weekender sounds fabulous to me. (laughs) Um, I agree with you because even though I'm most often seen as being extroverted, I really struggle with events in public spaces. I, I get into my head a lot about it. I spend so much time. Well, you know, I, I had a public outing where someone made a comment that wasn't intended to be critical, but I could not steep, stop thinking about that comment because mm-hmm. it gets into my brain and yeah. it makes it harder the next time I want to go and do a thing, even though no harm was intended. It's just that I get into my head. And I think a yeah. lot of people do. So meeting people, that's fraught and even yeah. more fraught post-pandemic because who even sure. remembers how to say hello? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is a really good episode and I I learned some things in this episode. So, I mean, maybe I would have learned them sooner had I read our show notes before we started the podcast. (laughs) Oh, now you're starting to sound like me. (laughs) At least I wasn't typing up my show notes as we started the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's always fun. Okay. Well, Jenny, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. And we will see see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. The Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Durand. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimdurand.art.